Hi, this is Brian Lairs at Campbell Ford Niles, and we're inviting you to come down to the dealership so you can experience why we're the number one best-selling certified pre-owned dealer in our market. Campbell Ford, where the best bottom line is always at the state line. It is that time again for Comic Book Storylines. I'm Brian Sorensen, a.k.a. Brian the Comic Book Guy. As always, if you like what you hear and why don't you, I know some great stuff here. That's kidding. That's in the eye of the beholder. Uh, like what you hear, you can hit that subscribe button. Every Wednesday, you'll get a notification when the episode airs. Uh, if you have any questions, you can hit me up on Instagram, at Brian the Comic Book Guy. If you want to go in depth more about what I talk about, as I do every week, at gmail.com. Now we're coming up to an ultimate conclusion of Infinite Conflict. We started it off with the Rebirth, we got into it more with the Buck, and we started off with Doomsday Clock Parts 1 through 8. Now this is where it all hits the fan in the DC Universe and for the Watchmen characters. Now we start off with issue 9 of Doomsday Clock. This one issue, uh, it's just this one big battle almost. All of the heroes track a signal, leading them to take all of their ships to Mars. Dr. Manhattan has this watch clock tower, uh, similar to what he had in the Watchmen movie and in the comic book on Mars. So they all kind of come in, and they're like, oh, you must be the guy doing all this. Now they're trying to figure out what he's doing, what his motives are, everything. So. Martian Manhunter kind of scans his brain and knows that he has a future encounter with Superman. And Guy Gardner, who he's always been the hothead Green Lantern, so to speak. So he uh, he, he starts the fight, just hard, just cold cocks him right in the face. He thinks he knocks him out, but he doesn't. Manhattan comes back up, grabs his Green Lantern ring, takes it off of him, kind of crushes it, breaks it into a bunch of pieces. The heroes are just like, you know what, we've had enough. So they all start attacking Dr. Manhattan. And uh, they, they don't really know what he's doing, but uh, you know, they're, they're going to go after him anyway. And while this is going on, Lois Lane is sitting with Superman, who's recovering from his encounters and everything in, in Russia. And uh, Lex Luthor says, hey, he comes in and he's like, you know what, we need to work together on this. You need to hear me out. Uh, I was the one who sent you footage of the heroes that never were. It's proof. And she goes, proof of what? That there's a force out there undermining not only Superman, but all creation. My evidence points to one of his victims. And have you ever heard of Wally West? So now we're getting to the crux of what happened, what disappeared, everything. Now while this is going on, Batman is still recovering on Earth. Alfred's telling him... You need to recover and everything, but Bruce Wayne has never been the uh, least stubborn member of the Justice League or any of the heroes, so he's getting dressed, getting into his Batman costume. Now, while this is going on, Wonder Woman is talking to the United Nations to try and calm things down. Now, we'll get to what they're talking about. Now, I previously mentioned the Superman theory, and I'll get to what that means in the DC Universe towards the end, because I thought I'd finish wrapping these up and then explain what's going on here uh, as far as what they thought that meant. Now, while they're all being attacked, Firestorm, who's completely pissed that he was blamed for what went on in the previous issues, 
he goes right for Dr. Manhattan. Manhattan kind of just points to him, and there's a flash. He sends Firestorm, or Ronnie Raymond, because he's part Martin Stein, Dr. Stein, and Ronnie Raymond. He sends Ronnie Raymond back seven years, and he sees that Dr. Stein deliberately caused the Firestorm experiment in order to learn more about metahumans. He cannot believe what he's seeing. He's outside of a room where he's talking about this, and he purposely talks about that he knew, Dr. Stein knew what he was doing when he created, because previously it was like it was an accident, but he sees now that that was futile. Now, while that's going on, there the heroes are still fighting Dr. Manhattan, and Captain Adam thinks that he can take care of this, so he blows up Dr. Manhattan, or he thinks he did. But as Dr. Manhattan has demonstrated in the Watchmen universe, in the movie, and in the comics, he can just put himself back together, and he does. He's getting really tired of the heroes, so he kind of has this blue light takes them all out for the time being. Now back at the UN, Wonder Woman is attacked by the UN, or at the UN, while she's trying to discuss and get all the countries to kind of back down on the heroes. But we have Black Adam, who at this point in time was a bad guy. And since all of the heroes, literally all the heroes, are up on Mars dealing with Dr. Manhattan, he comes in, he goes, I heard your friends were all on vacation. What am I going to do here? I am making my move. And that's how issue 9 ends. We immediately pick up with number 10. Now we see, we've been seeing some flashbacks of this actor in uh, drama, and we see eventually that... Dr. Manhattan knows who this guy is. He sits down and he's talking to this actor. And we'll get to that guy in a little bit because he's going to be in an important role. It's, it's somebody that Dr. Manhattan kind of confided in after a while. And we will see him talk to him uh, in a little bit. Now, he arrived on Earth in the DC Universe and tried to start over his life. Now this actor's name is Carver Coleman, minor character in DC Universe is part of this. Now eventually he will be murdered by his mother uh, after a blackmail attempt, but we haven't gotten to that yet. But this is the moment that Dr. Manhattan arrives in the DC Universe. This is after the events of the Watchmen graphic novel and the movie. At the end of the movie and the comic, we see Dr. Manhattan is on Mars. We've determined now that the Mars that he went to was in the DC Universe. So he leaves that, but he's on Mars, but he's back in time. He's back in 1938. Now, anybody familiar with the DC Universe remembers that that is a time of pivotal moments in the DC Universe. And we'll get to that a little bit later. Now... He starts to realize that while he's in the past, he starts to realize that uh, he is trying to start over, but he, he's trying to figure out what to do now that he's in the past. He wants to start over. That's all he knows he wants to do. Now, this is also flashing back and forth of the heroes that are still left standing or trying to take him out. But we know from seeing the movie and in the comic, he can split himself into a bunch of different people. So he kind of restrains all of the characters that are left standing. Now he's reminiscing of when he met Carver Coleman and used to sit with him and come back with him uh, throughout his career. Like he would just uh, 
appear every time Carver came to this diner that they used to sit in and discuss all of the things. And one of the times that he left, he left the picture. And if you remember back in the Watchmen movie and graphic novel, uh, John, Dr. Manhattan, before his accident, had a picture with him with Janie Slater. So that picture was left on Carver Coleman's table, so Carver took it. And then we see something else going on. We see John walk into the desert, and it's a very familiar event where a car was lifted up and saved people. And the date is April 18th, 1938, and he calls it The World Has Been Changed. Now, we know that from a very familiar moment because that was when Superman first appeared in the DC Universe by saving a crowd of people. Now, we're also going to see how the Justice Society disappeared in this issue because the Justice Society was the original heroes of the DC Universe back in the 30s. And we see uh, he's, he's, uh, Manhattan's looking a little bit further into time. July 1940, an engineer named Alan Scott is on a train careening over a bridge. He grabs onto a green lantern, unaware with the power within. And that's when he turned into the green lantern. Uh, a college student named Jay Garrick lies unconscious in a school lab, breathing heavy water vapors. In the morning, he will be the fastest man alive. Uh, an archaeologist, Carter Hall, ends up finding a dagger, and he's going to turn into a superhero as well. Uh, the October uh, frustrated uh, Al Pratt is beginning uh, to become one of the greatest fighters of his life. Uh, we see uh, Kent Nelson. He's Dr. Fate. We see all of the original members uh, that form the Justice Society. It's at a pivotal moment when they're becoming their, their people. They're becoming the heroes that they're going to be. But then we see John do something very interesting. It's November of 1940, and he's seeing the Justice Society are all meeting uh, at... Uh, their first, you know, their first meeting, like Hawkman and all those guys, Jay Garrick and stuff, and they're talking about, uh, like, their first cases, and they're talking about Superman because they want to uh, invite Superman to join the Justice Society. Uh, and we see John go back and forth for talking with uh, Carver Coleman, and he's having these discussions about what's going on. He goes, uh, uh, have you ever heard of Superman? And Carver goes, no, who's Superman? Who is this? So then he goes to a very familiar cornfield in Smallville. He says, it's 1956. Superman is seen in Metropolis for the first time. 25 years earlier, the winds change on a Kansas farm. Jonathan and Martha Kent find an orphan boy. And he basically goes through the events of how Superman became Superman. And uh, we see that things change. Like, he's seeing different realities. And... One of which, Jonathan Kent dies in 1949. 1956, both of his parents are dead. And then he flash forwards, 1986, her pa his parents are alive. Years later, Jonathan Kent dies. So he's, he's saying, I'm beginning to understand that I've misinterpreted what the universe actually is. I look to the future. Following Superman's trail of influence, how can one man affect something, even 1,000 years from now? And he looks into the distant future where Superboy is being uh, talked to. It's a very familiar, if you're a longtime reader of the DC Universe, Superboy is brought to the future to talk to the Legion of Superheroes in the future. And he, he wants to know why Superman is the center of the universe, why all these different things happened. 
So he said he grows curious and wants to know if he can change things and see what would happen uh, if he reshapes this universe so that it might see how it forms around Superman. So he changes the past. He moves the Green Lantern out of Alan Scott's reach. He dies. So right there, there's a change. And he says the multiverse reacts to the universe. There are endless parallel worlds. Uh, 52 dark multiverses all created to change this universe. Uh, this universe stands apart from the multiverse. It's called a metaverse. And he, he, he was holding, after Alan Scott's death, he's holding the Green Lantern. And he says... I removed the linchpin of the Justice Society of America. I changed Superman again. So now we're seeing all these different things changing. He goes, I watch as my take on this universe sharpens into reality. Superman is sent to Earth as a child, and he's met by uh, them in the, almost the present time. Uh, on the eve of Clark Kent's high school prom, Jonathan and Martha Kent are killed in a car accident. He, uh, without his parents or the Legion... Clark Coe's more distant from humanity. I understand him better. I relate to him more. It's five years ago, and I feel the power of changing of Superman. It's intoxicating. I have altered the metaverse, and I, in turn, the multiverse. So he sees, he he's the one that created the new 52. By changing and getting rid of the, the Justice Society, he was responsible for creating the new 52 universe. So anybody out there that read New 52, they weren't too happy with it. It's Dr. Manhattan's fault. So we, while Dr. Manhattan is watching all this in awe, uh, we see that Flash, Kid Flash, Wally West, he comes in and says, whatever you did, they'll stop you. And then Wally's uh, just trying to stop him, but he's sucked back into the Flashpoint. He's stuck back into the uh, Flashpoint and the, the Speed Force and everything. And then Dr. Manhattan says, I realize that the metaverse is not passive. Like an organism fighting to survive, there are aspects I have underestimated and uh, an innate hope that fights back to the surface. And uh, he's turning back into uh, his vision of Superman. He sees that Superman has found him and he's getting ready to attack him because of that vision in issue eight where he sees that Superman is getting ready to punch him and he's angry and Superman is found him and he destroys me or does he destroy him? Now, he's also looking that uh, Carver Coleman is dead. So he sees Carver Coleman die, as he was supposed to be murdered. And he changes that. And now he's back in the Watchmen universe. It's May 1971. I have, entered the, I have ended the war in Vietnam. I watched Blake shoot a woman with child and do nothing. Uh, in April 1938, I used a man named Carver Coleman to help me find the balance in the metaverse. 16 years later, I watch his mother kill him. November 1st, 1985, Adrian kills millions to unite the world. November 2nd, I allow Adrian to walk free. I am, being of, I am a being of inaction on a collision course with a man of action. Now, while we're seeing this, while he's replaying this, I, he says, I have become the villain. Superman wakes up from his coma. That's how issue 10 ends. Before we get into issue 11 and the ultimate conclusion of the storyline, we're going to take a brief break and we'll be back shortly. So stick around. And we are back. We get to issue 11 where we see that uh, foreign countries are trying to uh, uh, hit missiles. They're trying to uh, blow up some things. Batman stops it from happening. There's uh, missiles getting ready to launch onto Gotham City, 
and in the world, and Batman stops him from doing that. Now, while that's going on, Alfred is reading Rorschach's journal, and Batman is trying to quell everybody that's left on Earth. Wonder Woman's uh, going after Black Adam and everybody from attacking the UN, and uh, she's kind of holding her own, but Black Adam kind of takes her out, and uh, we see that uh, Alfred is back in the Batcave, and he's trying to convince uh, Rorschach uh, to become Rorschach again. He's talking to uh, the Reggie, trying to get him to uh, put back on the mask to try and help him. He's like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. He goes, you must. Now, the UN is still pissed enough about the Superman theory. Now, I'll tell you what the Superman theory is real quick, because we're going to go revisit it again uh, once we are all done here. The Superman theory is a global conspiracy that said the United States had secretly been creating its own army of metahumans for years due to the high concentration of superheroes in North America. Now, uh, there had been previous things revealed that the widespread theory had taken the world by storm, resulting in mountain tensions, and that's why the UN was uh, trying to uh, stop all these superhumans, and that's why they attacked Superman, because they think that it was just this huge global conspiracy. So we'll get back to uh, the topic in hand. So Lex Luthor is telling Lois that he has tracked several anomalies relating to the current timeline. And at, while this is going on, Mime and Marionette are still holding the comedian hostage. So we haven't forgotten about the comedian. And uh, we find out that Lois Lane's dad, Sam Lane, admits about his involvement in the Superman theory, that he was... Uh, partially responsible for all of this as well. So we're like, oh, this isn't good. Oh, Lois Lane's dad was part of this theory. That's not good. And we see Ozymandias watching over all of this, like, oh, okay, what is he going to do? Because it's never a good thing when he starts thinking about things. Now, he uh, he's going to have his own problems pretty soon. Now, Lex Luthor takes Lois Lane to show him, show her his, his theory and everything on, on what evidence he has to base his theory. He finds a picture of Dr. Manhattan, Jenny Slater, that he was left by Carver. Now, he, uh, she's like, who are they and what's so special about it? And Lex says, I have been tracking strange anomalies since I was a boy. I've proved many things over the years, the existence of aliens, but the story behind this picture has eluded me. Two years ago, I began tracking chronal anomalies and things like that, and everything I have found is saying that Someone has been warping reality. Now, you see that Lex was present. He was stumbling onto an anomaly when he saw the point during the button when Flash and Kid Flash remembered each other, and they hugged, saying, how could I ever forget you, things like that. And he goes, you know, while that was going on, they disappeared, and I found something. It was a photograph. And Lois is like, is this connected to the rebirth of Kid Flash? And he goes, in a way. He goes, I found uh, the chronal debris in an area including the film I sent you with other personal items connected to Wally West. The photograph that was the true anomaly is what I mean to show you. And he finds several copies. Wherever Dr. Manhattan has gone throughout time, apparently he's had that picture with him and he's dropped it. Lex Luthor has a room that is full of them. And he says each one is exactly the same. They are the same exact picture. I don't know who it is or what it is, but it is somehow involved. So while that's going on, Superman gets dressed. He's getting ready to go. The UN is trying to uh, 
uh, arrest him again uh, by order of the president of the United States. You're supposed to come quietly. He goes, I don't want to, I don't want to harm you in any way, but I need to take care of this. So Alfred convinces Reggie to don the Rorschach mask again, and uh, he goes back into action. And while that's going on, Ozymandias is still coming up with his plan. Uh, he said the original plan was to find John and convince him to return to our Earth so that he might save it from nuclear annihilation. But I knew after our discussion before he disappeared, he would never listen to me. So I set upon the path to try and convince him otherwise. So you see all the events that led up to it, how he ended up coming to this universe, and he saw the DC heroes. He goes, this is a world of extremes, impossible to reconcile, one fold of hope at a time of despair. So he sees all the heroes, and he's thinking, I can be the one that saves all this stuff, and I can be the one that changes everything. I can bring these heroes here. So Superman ends up on the scene at the UN to try and stop Black Adam. Uh, there's a fight ensuing, and Dr. Manhattan shows up in the middle of this fight. And the last page of the issue is, Dr. Manhattan goes, it's Superman, it's me, it is us, it is the world, it is time. So he's seeing, this is the moment that he had been seeing in the future the entire time. And it's pretty intense. It's, it's huge. So we get to the last issue here. Several factions around the world are coming, and they fight, and they're fighting around uh, D Washington, D.C. Batman and Alfred finally convince Reggie to become Rorschach again. And after talk, talking with Superman, Dr. Manhattan regains his sense of hope and reverses his previous action by destroying and recreating the D.C. universe. He goes back after being convinced. He goes back uh, because he sees... A moment where he thought he was the end of the world, but he wasn't. Superman coming after him, and it looked like Superman was going to punch him. He was fully ready for Superman to punch him and take him out. But Superman took out somebody behind Dr. Manhattan instead of him. So he goes, why would you defend me? He goes, I don't know what to think about all this, but I know it was the right now. It was the right choice to make. So Dr. Manhattan looks at his picture of Janie, and he goes... Uh, these are my photographs. And Superman says, you're creating those photographs with every step you take. I assume they're important to you. And he goes, yes, they were. And we see him finally understanding. He goes, yes, I understand. Everything ends. And everything starts turning blue. And the last thing we see is Superman's S turn blue. And the next three whole pages of the comic are completely black. The fourth page starts to light up, and he says it begins with a child. The metaverse forms around this one and only sun. We see Superman's ship crashing on Earth. But we see him crashing at different points in time because, like I said before, Superman is the whole part of the DC universe. Like, he is the center of the DC metaverse. So we see that Dr. Manhattan goes back and reverses what he did. He re-engages the origins of the Justice Society. He says, it's July 16th, 1940. I moved the lantern six inches out of engineer Alan Scott's reach. He dies in the train crash when it careens off a bridge. And then he says, it's July 6th, 1940. I moved the lantern back. Things start picking up again, and we see Superman growing up, 
and becoming Superman and becoming Superboy, saving everything, and the Justice Society exists again. He goes, I was inspired by the heroes of the past. Clark Kent steps into the light because the Justice Society exists again. So does Superboy because Superboy exists again. As the metaverse reforms, time is catching up and we are back to the present moment. And we see that Johnny Thunder, who was in prison by uh, uh, Adrian Veidt, he's like, uh, I'm back. I remember now. He goes, you became the Thunderbolt, remember? He goes, yes, I did, didn't I? And we see that uh, Saturn Girl and Johnny Thunder both get their powers back and they take off. Now, while that's going on, Black Adam is still trying to fight the bad guys. But right after that happens, uh, something is pushing Black Adam away. And we see some shadowy figures. Superman's like, who is this? And he goes, don't you remember us, Cal? He goes, oh, I remember you. And somebody says, sorry, we're late, son. And then Superman says, well, better late than never. And it's the Justice Society and all of the heroes banding together, the original Justice Society and all the heroes that are currently left on Earth, start attacking Black Adam and his bad guys. They start winning. And John, Dr. Manhattan, says, I am inspired. It's April 18th, 1938. Metal whines as Superman lifts a 1937 Ford over his head, revealing himself to Metropolis. Decades later, a police scientist is struck by lightning, and the birth of the Speed Force rattles the metaverse. Superman's timeline shifts back and forth. Reality divides for the first time, creating the multiverse. Now, if you remember Crisis on Infinite Earths, that's when it started. He's starting to show all the different times that the DC Universe has split all of the uh, times that they've had the crisis, the Earth-1, Earth-2, Flashpoint, Earth-New-52, uh, which he calls New-52, and he calls it Earth-52. And he says, January 2026, the timeline is restored, Earth-5G is born. It's June 17th, 2026, Superman goes on a quest to find Bruce Wayne's long-lost daughter. It's, it's, he's basically reliving the stuff that happened in the DC Universe. Uh, and he's seeing that all these different Earths, at some point in the timeline, Superman is sent to Earth and found. Uh, April 18th, 2038, Superman appears for the first time 22 years earlier. The Kent's prayers have been answered. They find him. And he says, Superman's timeline shifts forward again. And there's different dates where Martha and Jonathan, in different points in time, find Superman. So he figures out that Superman is the reason why the DC Universe is holding together. And we uh, see that uh, there's one, left equation, one last equation that they need to find because Batman ends up confronting Vite. And John comes in, Dr. Manhattan, and he brings Reggie Rorschach, uh, the, the, the um, prisoner comedian, my marionette, and we see uh, Ozymandias. And a uh, comedian gets unbound, and he shoots Ozymandias. But Lex Luthor takes him out with some device. He calls it uh, a negating uh, vibrational frequency. So he ends up sending comedian, and with the help of Dr. Manhattan, sends him back to the moment that he died in the Watchmen universe, where John took him out from the beginning. So we see that the events in the Watchmen universe happen again, in the right order. The comedian dies in, in New York. And Reggie, as Rorschach, 
he wants to kill him, but he's deciding that he needs to rot in a prison. Now, here's the important stuff right here. We see what has gone on. Uh, Dr. Manhattan saved Earth by making all nuclear weapons disappear. Ozymandias is in prison for his crimes against everybody. And then we see some interesting, interesting stuff happen. Dr. Manhattan says that uh, your son, my plan, is that you will see each other again. He needs to be the anchor. So he goes back in time and takes Marionette and Mime's son from the moment he is born in the hospital because he's got a plan. Now this is after he goes back to the Watchmen universe. He simultaneously eliminates every nuclear arsenal from the planet. There's no more nuclear weapons on that earth. And we see what happened and what he did after that. We see he changed his own history. He stops himself from having the accident, therefore rewriting his own history. He doesn't go into the chamber to get his watch because he listened to Janie Slater and she said, don't worry about it. You'll get it later. We're having a nice lunch. And he says, I, I saved, I had lunch with Janie. I got my watch after work. Six months later, we're married. Three years after our daughter is born. So Dr. Manhattan rewrote his own history. He eventually disappears. He transfers his life force to the planet and his powers to uh, who he calls Clark, Marionette and Mime's kid. So you're wondering what happens with the kid. Well, the kid ends up going to a farm. What farm is it? He sends him to a farm in the Watchmen world, specifically where Night Owl and Silk Spectre have retired. They're living under uh, different names. Uh, in fact, you see the name on the mailbox is Hollis. So we see a little bit into the future. We see that Night Owl and Silk Spectre got married, had a daughter. They're having breakfast. A knock on the door happens. The kid opens the door. The, the daughter goes and opens the door. She's about five or six. She opens the door, and it's a kid. And she goes, hey, mom and dad are making pancakes. You want some lunch? My name is Sally. What's yours? And he goes, John calls me Clark. Dr. Manhattan, when he saved himself and prevented his own creation, right before he did that, he sent his powers to Mime and Marionette's kid. Because Mime and Marionette's kid appears on the front porch of, of uh, Night Owl and Silk Spectre's farmhouse. And he's got the familiar blue oval or blue circle with the dot. And he says, John calls me Clark. So, Mime and Marionette's kid has Dr. Manhattan's leftover powers. And eventually, we will see what happens to that. Now, Doomsday Clock has been a hell of a ride. It shows what happened, why the New 52 started, why everything changed up until then, and it took a long time for this to happen. Rebirth, graphic novel happened, then a little while later, after Flashpoint, the button happened, and then a little while later, Doomsday Clock happened. So it took us a while just salivating, just wondering what all this, how was all this connected? And we finally, in Doomsday Clock, got to see how it was connected. We got to see how important Superman really is to the DC Universe and why everything happened the way it did. Because Dr. Manhattan proved just by changing one thing in Superman's existence, just irrevocably changed everything. And he 
he saw how much of a mistake that was and he needed to put it back the way it was. So, while I'm talking about that, I'm going to talk about what I'm going to start our next set of episodes on. I debated this, I asked a bunch of my friends what they think, I got a little bit of a response, and I'm going to go with it. We're going to go with reality-changing House of M for our next bunch of episodes. Our next episode is going to see the road of House of M, and what happened to make things get on the path and how things change. Now, if you haven't watched WandaVision, or if you have watched WandaVision, you're going to want to stick close to these. If you haven't watched WandaVision, and you hear these next few episodes, you'll understand it a little bit more. And if you wanted to read the comics, I suggest you do that. If you have any graphic novel format, do that as well. And you might look back and go, oh, that makes a little bit more sense. But I will cover all of that in our next couple of episodes. So until then, 